It's been a decade since Elizabeth Strout won a Pulitzer Prize for her eponymous collection of linked stories about Olive Kitteridge. Now there's something of a sequel to that book, the novel called Olive Again. You don't have to have read Olive Kitteridge to appreciate this new offering, but you'll probably want to. Olive is a complex character, as blunt as she is kind, as hopeless as she is hopeful. Olive Again is out in paperback this month. This is Book Public from Texas Public Radio. I'm Yvette Benavides. In Olive Again, Olive is 10 years older and slowly succumbing to the vagaries of aging. She's still sharp and smart. She's also ornery and lonely. Her husband Henry has died and she's taken up with Jack Kennison, a Harvard professor. She learns that he has also recently lost a spouse and is estranged, like her, from his only child. Olive has endured some terrible stuff, but she's utterly resilient. Nosy and opinionated, sure, but she's also thoughtful and interested in the lives of others she only ostensibly dismisses. What's easy to forget with a character like Olive is that sometimes when we're so hung up on her quirks and her brashness, we miss the finer point of her humanity. We spoke to author Elizabeth Strout about her book, Olive Again. I think there was a gasp of surprise heard around the world when word came out about Olive Again, and everyone <laughs> had a chance to look forward to more stories about Olive Kitteridge. What do you think this collective excitement's about, and I can assure you it's it's an excitement that's palpable. Oh, thank you. What's your take on how this character has just captured our interest and, and our adoration? Yeah. You know, honestly, um, I have just been uh, surprised ever since um, Olive Kittredge came out and I started to, you know, even go to different countries. I mean, like I remember in Italy, some woman who couldn't speak English and there was a translator and she was older and she said to the translator, um, tell her that she has seen into my soul and she had tears in her eyes. And I thought, wow, I, I mean, I could have died at that moment. I could, you know, I thought, okay, well, I've done everything. <laughs> you know, I was just so glad to hear that. But the point is I've thought about that since. And I don't know what it is that that woman saw in Olive Kittredge that so many people seem to see, you know. Um, she's just an example. I maybe shouldn't have used her. But anyway, um, I, I thought about it, and I don't, I don't know what it is about Olive that is so appealing to so many different people. And it's not just that, oh, she's blunt and she says what we wish we'd said and she says what we're thinking it's it really isn't that there's just something it's just this ineffable thing i think so right there's some there's just this oliveness (laughs) that you know shows up you know through me obviously but um but I know, and I just, I've just always been so interested in how many people who seemingly, you know, appear to be quite different have, um, have liked her so much. But to be sure, this is not the same book. So we have Olive Kitteridge okay. from, you know, over 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and now we have Olive again. And these, these are both uh, sh- sh- collections of stories, interconnected stories. We're still in Crosby, Maine. We're still witnessing the lives of these characters in these stories, in these interconnected stories, people from all stripes. 
and all of is like the you know sort of the connective tissue of it all and um but there's something different in all of again so there's there's something it's sort of like well here's here are more short stories set in maine and there's olive but there's this is a very different book so what's different what's different for you do you feel that too I, I do, um, and I think it has to do with time passing. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've become older. All have become older. Um, I, I just, you know, life experiences, I think, just, you know, start to add up and just a, a sort of a gentle understanding in a way that I might not have had 10 years ago, you know. Yeah, I keep thinking about how the, the readers of Olive Kitteridge are now 10 years older, too. Yeah, and right. uh, yeah, and it's, so it's perfect timing. <laughs> right. So, uh-huh. For much of the population. Yeah. Uh-huh. You start Olive Kitteridge with what is a Henry story, Henry being Olive's first husband, right. with the story Pharmacy. And then in Olive Again, we have a Jack story called Arrested. Right. Um, I, fi- I found that so interesting that both collections, as different as they are, start with this. Uh, and of course, Jack is oh, not her husband until later. Yeah. But, um, these two, you know, sort of Olive's significant other um, right. stories. And they're such different men, ostensibly. They're so different. They're so different. It's so interesting, I thought, I mean, as I was writing it. But that's an interesting comment. I hadn't realized that both start. I mean, they, of course, you're absolutely right. And I know when the original Olive Kittredge, I, I wanted to ease into who Olive was, you know, through her husband because he's so much kinder than she was you know i've got to you know i have to have you know let the reader come into the world in a gentler way um than just having them blasted with olive again i mean uh, with olive once more um Mm -hmm. and then um with jack i think it wasn't i didn't think of jack as like you know this nice man necessarily or anything but he i wanted to show his vulnerabilities and set that up um, and so that's why I was trying to do that with him being on the stage first. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept thinking, um, so is there, do these, these two characters, these two men, do they merge somewhere? Do they sort of, do we start to see more of Henry and in, in Jack at a certain point? But, um, there's just something very, um, interesting about Jack in those moments when he's able to apologize yeah to Olive exactly. or or sort of just bend exactly. a little bit and yeah which is a little bit of of a Henryism in a way right 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 but they're such different men you know mm-hmm. she had two very very different husbands and I think that um I think that Jack was a total surprise to her as she was to him but in one of those stories, I think pedicures something Jack thinks to himself. Um, it's that he could be himself with her, and I think she can be herself with him. And I think that's what that's what they're living on. You know, they can actually be authentically who they are with each other. Yeah, especially at at this stage of, yeah, of life. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I kept thinking about in um, Olive Kitteridge that Olive had a kind of an emotional affair with a, a colleague right. in school. And yeah. and so there were these these glimmers already of the fact that she wasn't 
and and of course we know this from the beginning, not completely happy in her relationship with Henry, not completely happy with Henry. And right. um, it's just so interesting to to read in all of again those moments where she misses Henry or misses the idea right. of him and right. the companionship right. and the compassion right. that he felt for her. That's right. That's right. And I think, um, I mean, my sense is that that would be true. I mean, when she says to Cindy Coombs, well, if you do die, you'll be sainted. You will become a saint. You know, and then I thought, oh, well, that's actually great because, you know, in a way, Henry has become a saint. I think he was kind of a saint anyway. But, you know, um, and then I realized, you know, Ethel Ferguson's talking about her husband as a saint. You know, so that was just a, an interesting thing to have found myself writing. And then I thought, well, this is probably true for many, many people when they lose somebody. I, I absolutely agree with that. But I had this idea in that moment when, when Olive says that, that Olive must think that a lot about people who pass on. But I, I kept thinking, does she think that about herself, that she will be sainted? You know, I, I had this yeah. this sort of a screeching halt moment in, in that scene with that right. character. Um, and that's not right, what that's Olive is about. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. I guess my, my sense would be that I don't think Olive would think that she'd be sainted. I think she, I think she's talking about other people. Yeah. I don't think she considers herself in that way. Yeah, you know, one of the things about um, Olive that, that just, I don't know if it's resonance or what, <laughs> mm-hmm. this idea of she's so bulletproof. You know, she's just yeah, so... Yeah, she is. She's she is, just... Yeah. Uh, except she when is. she isn't. It's so... In, I know. In that story, exactly. um, in the first collection, where she overhears what the daughter-in-law is saying. Right, right. Um, and she... <laughs> yes, <laughs> the famous scene where she takes the bra. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, is, it, is this idea, when when people are, are talking about her, and yeah. talking about her not just in mean ways, but in ways that seem rather honest. Right. She exactly. she's like a little girl on the yeah. on a playground feeling bullied. Yeah, it's exactly a, it's a it's a marvelous I think you're right. turn I of, think you're right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's very interesting because I think you're absolutely right. And then there's a part of her that's capable of being a grown up, you know? Uh-huh. And even at times a kind one. Yeah. But she, then two minutes later she can be the kid on the playground again. Yeah. And she's not someone who's hard um, and puts on this armor, I don't think, because of those moments where she, uh, as with the daughter-in-law, and then in this collection when she's on the plane and she realizes that the couple next to her is talking about her. Um, It's just a very, um, I mean, it's very human, and I don't feel like, well, that's why she's so brusque and blunt and mean is because she's been this victim of, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's that easy to analyze her. No, I don't don't think it is. I think that's probably a very fair statement, you know, that um, she's kind of hard to analyze. She's very hard to... Now, you know her backstory. We know a little bit about her backstory. We know that her father committed suicide. We we know certain things, but do you have, as a writer... Uh, and this person who created Olive, or, you know, Olive showed up one day, and mm-hmm. there she was, um, and then showed up again. Um, 
Do you have a sense of her as a little girl and a teenager and what color she likes and and all of that? Do you, you have know, that? Um, I, I, I mean, I have, a, I have a general, very sort of um, general knowledge of her or, or a sensation of who she would have been as a child and a teenager, but that's not where my interest is. So I, I understand that and I, um, I, I use it for myself, but I don't, I don't find it interesting. And so, um, what I find interesting is who she is now, you know, so I, so that's, um, but yes, I do know more about her probably than the reader, but, um, but I know more about most of my characters than the reader, just because I, I only give to the reader what I think they need to know, you know, because if I give them only what they need to know, then there's enough. I mean, I, I hope that, there's enough space left for every reader to bring their own individual story to the, to the work and have some kind of merging, you know, mm-hmm. so that everyone who reads the book will be reading a different book in a way because they'll be bringing their own life experiences to it. And if, and if there was too much material in it, then, then that would be a barrier to their being able to enter it, I think. That's how I see it. Mm, that's interesting to me. Yeah. You know, and I'm I keep thinking about how you reach a certain age and you just feel like yeah, we're like I'm a product of everything I've experienced in the past, sure. Like I'm who I am because of mm-hmm. who I who I've been in the past, and then I feel like no, <laughs> this is who I yeah. am right now and dealing with certain confronting certain things at this age in my life. It almost doesn't right. matter what traumatic what experience happened, <laughs> happened at age seven or whatever. I know. I know. Exactly. So, exactly. Well, the whole nature versus nurture thing is endlessly fascinating. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I do think that we're born somebody. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, life takes its swings at us. And, um, you know, we respond. But I do think there's something that we're born with. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I love about, one of the many things I love about these stories is um, the way that you write um, the place. I mean, and, and Crosby, yeah. Maine, and where, you know, where you've described that um, all of this, this, you know, like this old barnacle and right. that she could, she was created to be only in Crosby, Maine and nowhere else. Yeah. Why, why is that? Why do you think that Maine is, is an olive kind of a place? Well, it's it's primarily I'm writing about Maine because it's where I'm from and it's the place I know the best. So, I mean, I've lived in New York City for, you know, 36 years, but Maine is still, I'm, I'm just so much from Maine. And in that way, I share that with Olive. I mean, she came over, you know, had ancestors come over many years earlier, as did I. So that's really, these are the people that I know the best in the world. And that's, why I write about them. And the place is important because wherever a person is living or where they are from, you know, is important and informs a great deal about who they are, even though we were just talking about, you know, that you're born something as well. <laughs> but, um, but all these things go, go into, you know, the time and place that a character lives in are very important, obviously. Yeah, I, I see that. And the, the thing that's so striking about this collection, too, 
is um, the characters, the the ones who seem the least self-aware. Yeah. The waitress with the yeah. with the huge, uh, you know, the huge hind end, and the as Olive describes her. Um, I know the ones who seem sort of blissfully ignorant, not that self-aware, just kind of bopping along mm-hmm. in the diner yeah. or whatever. Yeah. They seem the happiest, and everyone else who who has so much self-awareness and time to think is 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 miserable or is going through something. Mm-hmm. But the the point becomes as you move through. Crosby, as you move through Maine, as you move through these stories, is that every single character is just as enigmatic and interesting as Olive. I hope so. I hope so. Exactly. Because um, I'm just, I am just always so, so interested in ordinary people. I just, I've always, my whole life, I've just always wondered what it was like to be a different person, you know, and I've never gotten over that because when you think about it, we don't know, you know, we really don't know what is it actually like to be inside that person and to see through their eyes. And we just never know. And it's always been so frustrating for me. And so I just, I've, you know, all my life, I've just listened and listened and watched and watched and tried so hard to figure out a person's interior life you know, and how then it bumps up against the real world. Um, that's what's interesting to me. So I, I'm, I hope the characters reflect that. <laughs> oh, they certainly do. And it, it's and it's not so much that, th- so I think they can't, they don't communicate in the stories very easily their own sense of their inner life. I mean, right. who, no. who does? <laughs> yeah, um, right, right. <laughs> and, and, so, and so through the stories we're able yeah, to see those things. That's it's just yeah. fascinating how that works. It's like a, a yeah. card trick. I mean, it's just absolutely yeah. fascinating. Yeah, right. Thinking about the girl who cleans the house mm-hmm. for, you know, the ring rose people. The ring roses. Birth, birth of Babcock. You know, and um, yeah, she's got you know so much going on in her life. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. Well, that ver- that character. And I'm glad you brought that up. When she visits the elderly friend, I believe her name yeah. is Minnie. In Miss the, Minnie. Miss yeah. Minnie. You, you know, I was struck by that, and I thought, wow, here's this really young person right. visiting this really old person and has this this little a slight connection to her. Um, mm-hmm. and, is, and just as a matter of routine, goes and visits her, and it's not particularly mm-hmm. satisfying for the young person, but right. she sees the, right. the older person, and that's exactly. that's the thing about seeing the ordinariness in people and being drawn right. to them for that very reason. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I think that would just help our extremely ageist society. <laughs> no, I agree. Mm-hmm. I I totally agree. And it is interesting about Kaylee going there to visit Miss Minnie because you know Kaylee, you know she's a young girl with a lovely heart. That's really who she is. She's just got a lovely heart, and she's suffered from her father's death and her mother's sort of little bit neglect, you know, right Mm -hmm. now, this is at this particular point in her life. Her heart is just, you know, overflowing with need and desire, you know. The, the, the sort of, um, 
at first unwanted attention that she gets from Mr. Ringrose. You know, th- mm. These are scenes that might shock some people to, right. to read that, but it's really, it just seems like, no, it's just a way to get us to understand exactly the character and her, um, well, one, her need right. for love. Uh, right. And for for her to be seen too, she sees exactly. everybody else, but sh- exactly. she's not seen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, it may it may upset some people, or or they may not like. You know, but I can't do anything about that because, you know, as I wrote it, I didn't expect that to happen, but then it happens, and I thought, oh, okay, I get it, I get it now. This is what she's going to do, and and then he will end up in that place. And then he, yes, he ends up in in the yeah, home as Ms. well. Yeah, Minnie's place in Miss right. Minnie's nursing home. I know. <laughs> There's so much here about nursing homes and our mm-hmm. bodies falling apart, and yeah. you know, and yeah. decrepitude, and and just mm-hmm. the things that happen to us as we age. In term, you know, um, even all of shrinks. You know, all of yeah, who, I know. who for story after story is described as big and tall and kind of imposing. <laughs> and then um, can we talk about that, about how important this book is? We need to have stories where characters see aging people and, char- I think so. and not just confront death and mortality. I mean, confront no. the fact that we will... Right, because of advances in medicine and everything else, we will endure <laughs> for a little while longer, and right, right. we have to be w- willing to see those things. Right, I think that um, I think that that's true, and it's interesting because years ago, um, I actually forget about this, but many years ago, I got a degree in gerontology, and I realized, oh yeah, I always have had a sense for older people, you know. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, even when I was like. 23 and I got that degree um and I just I just I've always been drawn to older people and um and I think that we need them in literature I think that we need I mean they're truthful stories I think that we need to um realize that you know these people have dignity they're living with dignity as much as they possibly can which is what anybody can do is live with as much dignity as they can. Elizabeth Strout is the author of Olive Again. It's out this month from Random House in paperback. This has been Book Public from Texas Public Radio. Write to us at bookpublic at tpr.org. Jacob Rosati composed our theme music. Bree Kirkham is our digital producer. Dan Katz is Texas Public Radio's news director. I'm Eva Benavides. <laughs>